Welcome to Covenant Presbyterian Church in West Des Moines, Iowa. This sermon is part of our mission to bless our neighbors to the glory of God. We hope it blesses you. Well, good morning. Thank you for inviting me to participate in leading worship this morning. Um, Reverend Nathan always does a show and tell, so I brought a show and tell as well. So you might wonder um, why I would bring a bunch of tomatoes, but let me just share a little story with you. So I'm the only member of my family that likes tomatoes. And, and I bought a tomato plant thinking, okay, I would just enjoy having a little patio plant and be able to go out and pick a few tomatoes. And I had a very successful first year with those tomatoes. But I thought, those tomatoes were so wonderful. The next year, I thought, I better buy two plants. So uh, two plants, and this year they were uh, something called a Sweet 100. They are plentiful. <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, I had apparently a seed that fell in the crack in our, uh, the edge of the driveway, and a volunteer uh, plant came up of the Sweet 100s. So that year, I had three Sweet 100s. Now, I um, like tomatoes, but I had an abundance, an overabundance of tomatoes. So I was eating tomatoes three times a day. I was eating tomatoes so much that I actually Googled to see if there was any danger in eating too many tomatoes. What, I, what suddenly occurred to me was that I needed to be sharing this abundance. So I started packaging them and giving them to neighbors and to uh, taking them to the food pantry and uh, just spreading them actually in bags in front of my house that said, free tomatoes, please take them. It wasn't a blessing. It was a blessing. Um, it was an overabundance. And this morning I wanted to talk a little more about abundance and overabundance. Lord God, pull out your spirit upon us to bring good news to the oppressed and let your word be fulfilled among us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. The scripture readings this morning are from Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, page 720 in your Old Testament Pew Bible, and Luke 12, 13 to 21, pages 90 to 91 in the New Testament. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, friend, who sent me to be the judge and arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, 
for one's life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? And then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, so you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The word of the Lord. So, as some of you know, the last couple of months, uh, Dennis and I have been preparing to move from the house that we lived in for 25 years into a townhouse um, that would provide us with a little smaller, easier, um, lower maintenance lifestyle. In fact, moving day was last Wednesday and Thursday. So if I look a little tired, that explains it. <laughs> well, maybe it does. Um, but we are not even completely moved in yet. So this new chapter of our lives led to weeks of packing and unpacking and sorting and you know, more weeks of packing as we downsized what was our overabundance of belongings. We were emptying out closets, we were sorting through drawers, and especially the basement. Oh my goodness, the basement, emptying that out was quite the ordeal. And if I were to be honest with you, this sorting and packing was a little bit of a wake-up call for me because all of this overabundance of belongings was embarrassing, a little embarrassing. Why do we have so much stuff? In Oshore, I can rationalize with the best of them, after all, I am the keeper of the family artifacts. I have sentimental family dishes. I've got furniture and whatnots dating as far back as my great-great-great-grandparents. I'm also an artist. So, of course, I have an abundance of art materials, right? And, yes, um, Dennis owned a store in Valley Junction that closed. So we ended up with merchandise in the basement and displays. And then Dennis's hobby of collecting harmonicas. Hundreds of harmonicas. So many don't even get me started on it. And, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to mention all the family things, right? Like, from the kids. We have photo albums and 
the children's report cards and special drawings. Oh, and then there's their little handprints, you know. Kim's campfire girl memorabilia and David's baseball trophies all lined up. You know, you get the picture. So fatigued from all of this packing and sorting and unpacking this abundance of worldly belongings, the words of Luke 12, 13 through 21 that we just read stung a little bit when I saw them. This scripture lesson reminds me to be on guard against all kinds of greed, that our life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Yet my aching muscles from months of packing remind me all too well of the abundance under my own roof. And while the items in my household might be different than that of yours, I'm sure that you can all relate, at least to some extent, to that feeling of having more than what you need. Now, if we were to take a step back in time and think about first century Palestine, the number of possessions a given person would have would be pretty small compared to what many of us have today. You know, a rich man might have a small herd of goats, some farmland, and as many as three or four changes of clothing. On the other hand, yeah, don't even look at my closet. On the other hand, a poor person, then as now, would be fortunate to have a roof over their head some dishes to eat a meal with, or even food to put on those dishes. So, you know, um, people that are like the people that I help through Cross Outreach are Presbyterian Homelessness Prevention Agency, people who have nothing. So in today's uh, scripture lesson, we find Jesus wanting, warning someone against greed when that person simply wants a fair share of the family inheritance. The man had confronted Jesus and was trying to pull him into a family inheritance squabble regarding what he believed rightfully belonged to him. And Jesus refused to get involved, in part because the inheritance issue was a symptom of a much deeper concept of greed. And as the warning in our text this morning stated, take care, be on guard against all kinds of greed. And Jesus then continues with a parable about a rich farmer whose land has produced so abundantly that he doesn't have enough storage space in his barns. And he plans to tear down the barns and build newer ones, bigger ones, so that he can store all of this ample grain and set aside for the future so that he will be set for his golden years. 
Now, isn't that what we all want? I mean, isn't that what we are encouraged to strive for? Isn't it wise and responsible to save for the future? I mean, the rich farmer probably would have been a pretty good financial advisor. He seems to have figured it all out. He's worked very hard. You know, he's saved wisely. Those are great things. Now he'll sit back, relax, and enjoy the fruits of his labor. Right? Well, maybe not. Not exactly. Let's think about it for a minute. There's one really important thing that the rich man had not planned for. His reckoning with God. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? The rich farmer isn't a fool because he is wealthy or because he saves for the future, both good things, but because he apparently appears to live only for himself. And because he believes that he can secure his life with abundant possessions. When the rich man talks in this parable, he's only talking about himself. And the only person he references is himself. What should I do? I have no place to store all these crops. I'll do this. You know, I'm going to tear down the barn, I'm going to build the bigger one, and then I'll say to myself, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And the rich man's land has produced abundantly. Yet, he expresses no gratitude to God, or even to the workers who have helped him plant and harvest this amazing crop. He has more grain and goods in storage than he will ever, ever hope to use. And yet, he has not even thought about sharing it with others, of sharing it with those less fortunate. No thought about what God would require of him. He is blind to the fact that his life is not his own to secure, that life, his life, belongs to God, and that God can demand it back at any time. So the rich man learns the hard way what the writer of Ecclesiastes realized. Quite simply, we've all heard it before, you can't take it with you. All that we work so hard for in life will end up in someone else's hands. And as, Ecclesia, as stated in Ecclesiastes, who knows whether they will be wise or foolish, yet they will be the master of all which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity, end quote. So vanity and emptiness. A person would do well 
to name this feeling that washes over all of us who are enticed by materialism. Our reality is that no matter how much we have, we are always conscious of the things that we don't have. We're bombarded by marketing experts whose job it is to convince us to buy new products that will give our lives more value, to complete our lives. Another pair of shoes, the newest iPhone on the market, another gadget with all the bells and whistles. And so we never quite feel like we have enough. Like the rich farmer, we're tempted to think that having large amounts of money and possessions stored up will make us secure. But sooner or later, we do realize that no amount of wealth or property can secure our lives. No amount of wealth can protect us from a genetically inherited disease or cancer or a traffic accident. No amount of wealth can keep our relationships healthy and our families from falling apart. In fact, wealth and property have been known to drive wedges between family members, as in the case of the brothers fighting over the inheritance in our text. And more important, is that no amount of wealth can secure our lives with God. In fact, Jesus repeatedly warns that wealth can get in the way of our relationship with God. Take care, he says. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. It's not that God doesn't want us to save for retirement or the future. And it's not that God doesn't want us to eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy the blessings that God has given to us. We know from the gospel that Jesus spent time eating and drinking with people and enjoying life. But he was also clear about where his true security lay. It's all about priorities. It's all about who God truly is in our lives. It is all about how we invest our lives and the gifts that God has given to us. It's about how our lives are fundamentally aligned toward ourselves in our passing desires or towards God in our neighbor, toward God's mission to bless and redeem the world. We've all heard people express regrets at the end of their life, but there's one regret I have never heard. I've never heard anyone say, I wish I hadn't given away so much. I wish I'd kept more for myself. Death has a way of clarifying what really matters. Our lives and our possessions are not our own. They belong to God. 
We are merely stewards of them for the time that God has given us on this earth. We rebel against this truth because we want to be in control of ourselves and our stuff. Yet, the truth is actually good news because all that we are and all that we have belongs to God. Therefore, our future is secure beyond all, beyond all measure. When I was looking for a new church home, one of the many things that attracted me to covenant is this congregation. This congregation truly understands the value of reaching out to others, whether it is through cross outreach or with one of the many other missions that this church uplifts. The members of Covenant truly understand the value of sharing abundance with others less fortunate. If you allow me just one minute longer, I want to share with you one such family whose lives were blessed through this shared ministry of Cross and Covenant. Let me tell you about Erica. Erica is a single mom who recently escaped an abusive relationship, taking with her her 15-month-old daughter and her two-month-old son. Now, Erica hadn't been able to return to work yet after the baby came because the infant is experiencing breathing problems and, in fact, is on oxygen 24-7. No one knows yet what is wrong with the baby, and more medical tests are in the works. But facing the likelihood of having her electricity disconnected, Erica turned to cross when all other avenues of assistance had been exhausted. And yes, I know there are state programs designed to help but for reasons too numerous to try and explain this morning in this forum, this young mother needed to turn to cross when all else had failed her. The amount that she needed to keep her electricity connected while tending to two babies, one of whom was medically ill, was $108.08. It is a relatively small amount of money, unless you simply don't have it. Your gifts, your blessings from God's abundance made it possible to help this young mom and thousands of others over Cross's 48 years of ministry. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank this congregation for following God's call to share your abundance. Eat, drink, and be merry, for that is what God wants of us. But also to remember that sharing your abundance 
sharing with others is what is needed. Jesus tells us, do not be afraid, for it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Please join me uh, just briefly in prayer. Loving God, free our hearts from the need for an overabundance of belongings and remember that sharing with others is what we are called to do. May we desire you alone as the one true treasure worth possessing above all else. Help us to make good use of the material blessings you give us that we may use them generously for your glory and for the good of others. Amen. Thank you for listening. Learn more about our mission at wdmcovenant.org.